You ever have such bad customer service that you got to stop and ask yourself, is this worth me going to jail? Like, is the fact that this person is having such a bad day or just simply hates their job worth me potentially losing mine? You know what's crazy? Sometimes the customer service is so bad, the answer is yes. You're going to make me risk it all when all I wanted to do was have something to eat. I'm getting to the point where customer service has gotten me to this place where I just want to stop and just ask, what's wrong, fam? You okay? What's going on at home? Is it the way they treat you here? Do you hate your job that much? Is it people? Do you hate people? Did you not realize that you were going to have to deal with people when you got this job? When you signed up for customer service, did you think there would be no customers? Was it the service part? Maybe you weren't aware that you would have to service the customers. Maybe it's not completely your fault and that somehow got lost in translation. When you saw customer service, maybe you're having a bad day. And I should be more concerned about that than you being concerned about mine. I don't know. But either way, fuck you. I didn't force you to get this job. I've worked plenty of jobs I hated. I showed up every day, you know what I did? That's kind of the way this thing goes. What are you taking it out on me for? I'm not even what motivates you to be here. That's probably your wife, or your kids, or your bills. That's who you take that out on. Not me. I got kicked out of this place called Apartment 4B. Worst service I've dealt with probably since I've been to Atlanta. They were so disrespectful. Talk to me crazy. Talk to everybody I was with crazy. So I said a few things. He called security over. I told him this is the easiest time you're ever going to have kicking somebody out. I was leaving long before you got here. And I thought to myself, I've been kicked out of houses. Why would I care about getting kicked out of a place called Apartment 4B? I grew up in an apartment. One of them was 4D. You know what that made me think? Never trust your neighbors. Welcome to In The Moment. Uh, there's a moment in everything and everything is a moment I talk about the comedy in it all This is your first time, welcome to the funniest podcast you've never heard I'm your new favorite comedian, Mo Mitch, or your money back Shout out to all my regular listeners And my new listeners Yeah We don't know what we made of Something Episode 56 These are the vibes, man. This is what I'm on this week. This is how I'm feeling. Shout out to you and yours. If you're listening, you're blessed. Thank you for tuning in. Nothing but positive vibes towards you. Pack it up. You could be anywhere in the world. Jail with me. I appreciate that. Real quick, man, before we get it started, round of applause for everybody who went online and bought some merchandise. Shout out to you if that's you. If you somehow missed it last week, I got in the moment merchandise available. Shirts, sweatshirts, mugs, masks, pillows, name it. 
We got it. If you love the pod, support the pod. Tell your friends, wear a shirt. Do whatever. One of my homeboys was like, yo, fam, I'm not wearing you on me all day. I said, I understand that, which is why I told you that I got more coming. But for right now, that's it. But it's more coming. But shout out to you if you bought something. Those masks are moving. So I appreciate y'all. If you got you a mask, they moving. And I appreciate it. If you want to take a look at the gear, that's tpublic.com. T-E-E public.com. Or go to any of my social media sites. We got a ton of merchandise. Anything you can think of with the In The Moment logo on it. All right, let's part. Let's get into things I'm mad at. So there I was, face to face with my opponent. The score was two to two. We were going to three. I was playing basketball. I was breathing extremely hard. I was playing on a nerf set against a six-year-old, y'all. I'm mad at how out of shape I am. It's ridiculous. When I tell y'all, my little cousin came over. We was getting busy on this nerf set. I said, let's play the three. He was like, let's do it. The score was two up, and I was so out of breath. It was ridiculous. I beat him. I ain't let him win. Nah, I ain't letting him win. I was throwing his layups off the glass and all that. Dunking on him. It was nasty. But I had to do what I had to do. I had to show him ain't no easy W's out here. This is life. This is how it goes down. But the fact that I was out of breath at the end of the game. We played to three on a nerf set. I was out of breath. I mean, one of those. He looked at me. Are you okay? Shut your ass up, man. Shut up. Shut up. No, I'm fine. I'm fine. Um, I just can't breathe. Other than that, I'm amazing. But the fact that I was so out of shape and we did a little private skating event for my aunt. Shout out to my auntie. Happy birthday. Did a little private event for her. And it was just a few of us. And we did some skating. And I promise y'all, skating is nothing like what I thought it would be. Nothing. I watched ATL and thought to myself, wow, that looks like a great time. All I need is some skates and it's on. Well, I got the skates and it wasn't on. Nothing was on about it. First of all, I was out of breath skating too. Okay. That taught me I was out of shape as well. And I don't know why I was out of breath because I couldn't move. I wasn't moving. They was like, just push off. And I was, and I was still there. It looked nothing like ATL. I promise y'all. I can't skate for shit. That's all I learned. All the moves they be doing. I got a whole different respect. Somebody was like, ice skating is harder. You can't even do this. I didn't ask you. I didn't ask you for any advice or feedback on what I was doing. It was bad. Fell on my back. People laughed at me. Then somebody came over and tried to help me up. He rolling. How I'm going to get up on skates? Every time I try to get up, I'm back on the ground. Fell two, three more times. Just kept falling. Got up, took the skates off, put my Tims back on, and sat there and just watched everybody have a good time. I was the old guy at the party, and I was fine with that. I don't think I'm going skating again. I'm mad at skating, and I'm mad at the fact that I was playing Nerf basketball with my little cousin to three, and I couldn't breathe. I'm out of shape. It is what it is. But I'm on that treadmill every day. We're going to get back to it. Who's next? You know, I was, uh, I was thinking the other day. We were talking about Tiger Woods and the accident and how they had to, they were searching for the black box so that they can try to figure out what really happened with the crash, get some information. And I was thinking about how many things start with black 
that are negative. And I'm mad at that. Like, why? <laughs> why does it seem like so many things that start with black always represent something negative? Has anybody ever thought about this? If you get blackballed, you get rejected. That's a negative thing. The black box, now they call on that in the middle of an accident when everything was destroyed. They couldn't make that box another color. Blacklisted, you're considered not trustworthy and unacceptable. If you have a blackout, means you got too damn drunk and don't remember shit. If you got a blackberry, what the hell are you still doing with that? <laughs> Blackberries was fire at one point though. Black cock. Some of y'all went to a whole different place. And I want you to know if that's you, you're a nasty individual. That is a bird, okay? And there's nothing negative about it. I just wanted to say that to throw a few of you off. Now, where was I? Blackmail. That's treated as a criminal offense. Or just considered negative to some, depending who you ask. Either way, it's way too many things that are considered negative if they begin with black. I don't understand that. Someone has to explain this to me. It's just not attached to anything great. When you think of Frank White, you think of power, money, respect, king of New York. What do you think of when you think of Kodak Black? Not the same things, man. That's all I'm saying. We got to do better. I, I want to add some positive meanings to things that start with black. Who's next? Speaking of black, I'm mad at my family. <laughs> I'm mad at my family for a few things. I'm mad because I was hanging out with my mom and it's been discussed that my mom just has a problem answering the phone. She doesn't answer the phone. So I'm mad at the fact that when my mom was here to visit me, I called her twice when I wasn't around her. And then I got home and as soon as I got to her, you know what she was doing? She was on her phone. And if you have a friend or a family member that won't answer your phone call, but every time you're around them, they're on their phone, you have the right to be mad at them. Call them out. If they next to you, point at them. That's disrespectful, man. But I love you, mom. And my mom is hilarious now. That's another thing. My mom has retired. Give it up for my mom. And I don't know what retirement does for you, but I'm going to be even better as a comedian when I retire, which doesn't make any sense because it's literally my job to be a comedian. And I realized it as I said it, and I'm not going to delete that. It is what it is. But... Shout out to my mom for being so much funnier than I ever knew her to be. She is hilarious and be roasting the fire out of me. And I realized it's such an unfair advantage because it's only but so much you can ever say to your mom. So when she decides to get busy on you, well, you might as well just enjoy being the floor that she tap dances on because there's nowhere to go. Who's next? I'm mad at my Uncle Bud. <laughs> y'all remember that group text I told y'all I ain't want to be a part of? few episodes back i can't get out none i can do it's like three of them apple won't let me out one of them is my family group text and there's a lot of family in there and typically throughout the day i don't check it as much as i'd like to because i can't but i happen to check it this day i said let's see what's going on and i jumped in there i thought someone would be happy to see me no one cared but it was my uncle bud's birthday and i saw everyone going happy birthday uncle bud so i jumped right in happy birthday uncle bud my dad said something. I said something. I think my cousin said something. Someone else said something. You know what my Uncle Bud did? He thanked everyone but me. Oh, he didn't mention me at all. He didn't think I'm his bud. That's for sure. And it wasn't like I was last out of the last four people to say something. And maybe he just kind of didn't get to that one. I was like second. He thanked the first person, the third, and the fourth. 
I mean, just conveniently stepped over me. I said, I feel some kind of way. <laughs> How can you as the guy who didn't want to be here in the first place feel some kind of way? But I did. So much so I deleted the happy birthday text on my end, knowing that it would still be there on his. But at least I don't feel like I said it. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. Not really. But shout out to <laughs> my Uncle Bud, man. Happy birthday. Who's next? I'm mad at this comedy show I went to. I went to go see Marlon Wayne's the other day, and this comedian who opened for him, well, it, it just wasn't that funny. And we didn't want to be disrespectful, so we put our mask on so that he wouldn't, maybe he wouldn't notice that we weren't really laughing. And, you know, I get it. As a comedian myself, you don't want to just sit there and just stone face somebody. It feels weird. It's like being a waiter or a waitress. You kind of tip different because you know the hustle. And so I put my mask on and somehow through my mask, he was able to realize that I still wasn't really laughing. And so he pointed me out and he told a joke about this guy is the kind of guy who would get on a roller coaster and not even laugh. He'll never have a good time. And everything in me wanted to just be like, man, I love roller coasters. Your jokes just don't make me feel that way. But I didn't. But it made me think to myself. People always ask me what's the scariest moment I've ever had because I'm, for whatever reason, I've always been known as the guy who doesn't fear anything. You know what I think it was? On a roller coaster. It made me remember this time where I was at Disney. I don't remember what ride it was. Maybe, maybe it was the rocking roller coaster. I can't remember. But I remember this ride took off. Now you put your little strap down. You wait for that click. Yeah, it wasn't no click. It was no click. And I kept pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. And the ride is moving. And they're like, have a good time. Waving. All right. Now like, yo, fam. Yo. Nah, ain't, ain't no click. Ain't no click, ain't no click, ain't no click. I'm yelling. I ain't gonna lie to y'all. I was terrified. In that moment, I was like, this is not the way. I don't want to die this way. There's no click. And they're just, he's looking dead at me. Dead at me. And just waving. I'm like, I know you hear me yelling, there's no click. And he's just, have a great time. And then the ride goes off. And then right before you get into the little tunnel part, it clicks. And when I got back, <laughs> and he's like, we got you, huh? It took everything in me not to punch this man in the face. Everything. Got me. What do you mean you got me? He's like, no, nah, that, that seat does that. That seat does that. One lucky rider gets the experience of not thinking that his seat is going to click. Lucky, huh? Fam, look like both of us lucky. Because I was about to take you to the moon if I ain't get a glance at these kids over here. What do you mean, lucky? I never forgot that. That was just something that they thought was funny. And I, <laughs> no part of me thought that was funny. But it was a scary moment. And it got a lot out of me, which is what that comedian completely failed to do. All right, let's get in the shout out. I dreamed it all ever since I was young. They said I won't be nothing. Now they always say congratulations. Shout out to Jason Smith, middle school principal at Stony Brook Middle School in Indiana. He did something I thought was real dope, man. This kid came to class. And the teacher was trying to force him to take his hat off. He didn't want to take his hat off. And the reason he didn't want to take his hat off is because his haircut was messed up. 
And so she sent them to the principal's office. And when he got there, the principal asked him, yo, I cut my son's hair. If I go home and get my clippers and I cut your hair, will he go back to class? And he did. It all started when an eighth grader didn't want to remove his hat in class because he was embarrassed by his haircut. He was sent to see the principal, but instead of sending the kid home, the principal, uh, Jason Smith, pulled out his hair clippers. I had my son's hair since, you know, for 17 years. So I, I had professional, um, you know, clippers and, and edgers at, at home. So I said, if I go home and, and get my clippers and line you up, will you go back to class? And he said, he said, yeah, yeah, I will. I just thought that was a beautiful thing. I mean, you get older and sometimes you can't help but wonder when you look back on what if your teacher would have handled some things differently. We all evolve. And as an adult now, I look back sometime and I'm like, damn, I wonder if that could have went different. You don't see that often. That kid didn't want to wear his hat because he was wanted to be a nuisance. He didn't have a haircut. He was embarrassed. He's a kid. Sometimes I feel like we forget when a kid is just being a kid. And instead of him sending a kid home or getting him in any kind of trouble, he just said to him, yo, you want me to cut your hair? Okay, we're back in that class with the fresh lineup. Who has something to say now? What did you say, Charlie? I couldn't hear you over my fresh lineup. <laughs> I mean, we've all been kids. You remember what that's like? Somebody always got something to say. Most adults can't deal with that. <laughs> Social media has told us that adults typically don't have the kind of confidence you need to deal with all of the things that somebody has to say online. So imagine a kid. And I remember what it was like when you wanted to wear your hat in the class. Or maybe you got to class late and the teacher never stopped to say why. Just wrote you up. I remember hearing another story where this kid was tired. He's falling asleep in class. And I had teachers who would embarrass you when you fell asleep in class. You woke up with a garbage can on your desk. <laughs> That's what I remember. But not this teacher. She let him sleep. Grabbed him at the end of class, waited till all the students left and said, let's talk. And started to talk to him. And she found out why he was falling asleep in class. He was going through so much at home. So many things that were out of his control. His parents had him doing the lot. He's just a kid. He's trying. Falling asleep in class. So she found a way to get him some help. Got him right. Helped him with his home situation. He wasn't falling asleep in class no more, but just that little bit of extra effort to say, wait a minute, sometimes a person doesn't necessarily need discipline. They need help. So when a teacher can recognize that, shout out to that and shout out to you. I was talking to somebody about this the other day. It's amazing how much of a difference a really good teacher can make in your life. Because I always think of Mr. Hankey. Shout out to Mr. Hankey. Yes, that's his name. <laughs> that is his name. You know, just the other day, I went to search Mr. Hankey just to see how he was doing. And I realized he was on Rate My Professor, which I don't believe we had when I was in school. If we did, I didn't know about it. I was probably drunk, but that's not the point. He got a 4.6 out of 5, which in my experience wasn't enough. He should have got a 5. But the first comment said, Mr. Hankey is a little old man with the heart and soul of a teenage boy. Best public speaking professor out there for sure. Hilarious and constantly energetic and eager to teach. And it's all real talk, man. Because I think when a professor or a teacher does enough to where you remember them for the rest of your life, that's fire. And Mr. Hankey was that guy for me. I hated public speaking. 
I mean, it terrified me to speak in public. And I didn't want to take this class. It was the only course I was really, really afraid of. And calculus. Because the first calculus test I ever took, I think I got a 12. So I was, I didn't, I've never even seen a number that low on a test. A 12? Fam, I ain't get nothing but my name right. So I changed my entire major. Yo, I want a major where I don't have to take calculus. I don't want to do that again. And I found another major and I still had to do public speaking because there was no getting out of that. And so I said, fine, I'll do it. And I took this public speaking course. And Mr. Hankey was probably the best professor I've ever had. Because the first thing he did, and what made me think of this was the other day I was talking to Jade. Y'all know what time it is. Jade and Mo, 3 to 7, Q99.7. But she was talking about how when she was interning for the bird show, one of the things that they made her do was make a Chewbacca noise. I guess like everyone that was there, they made them do Chewbacca noises. And we laughed at it. And I don't know why they did it, but it made me think of Mr. Hankey because the first day of public speaking, very first day, you're in this class, it's college, you got like 60 people in there, whatever it was, and you're young. You know, you want to be cool. Last thing you want to do is like a fool in front of anybody you go to school with. And so you walk into this public speaking course, which most people are aware that most people are terrified of public speaking. I believe they say that the only thing people fear more than death itself is public speaking. I think death is second. Public speaking is first. So he, Mr. Hankey knows people are terrified. So first day, he's like, welcome to the class. I want everyone to come up to the front and imitate an animal, whatever animal you can think of. And I'm like, what? Why the hell would we do that? And really give you a reason. He just does it. He goes through the classroom. Everybody has to come up one by one. If you don't do it, you fail. You can't take his course. So in my mind, I'm like, no one's going to do this. No, they did it. One by one. Everyone got up there and did an animal. I knew eventually it was going to be my turn. I go up to the front of the class and I did a monkey. I have no idea why I chose monkey. It just felt like I could make some sound, do some things with my arms and go back and sit down. And for whatever reason, I, I did it. You know, I was fast. And then he's like, oh, come back, do it again. I was like, do it again? This guy, already. Already with the bothering me. So I did it again. And I really put my all into it this time because I was trying to show him. And I went and sat down. And at the end of it, everyone was embarrassed. And I just remember in my mind feeling like this was the dumbest thing I've ever done in my life. And then he said, I know everyone in here is nervous. Afraid to come up here and do anything. Say anything or be anything. Because your classmates are going to judge you, which is why most people are afraid of public speaking. People are going to judge you. And he said, but now the ice is broken. Because I can promise you, there is nothing you're going to do this entire semester in front of this classroom that is going to make you look any more foolish than you already have by doing what you've done today. <laughs> and I just remember the class laughing. He's like, think about it. And he started pointing people out. You came up here and did a monkey. You came up here and did a kangaroo. You look foolish. You was over there being a dog. So if you come up here and just speak, well, that should be easy. You ever going to look that stupid again? And I just remember feeling like, yo, that's, 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 that's fire. <laughs> like, that makes perfect sense. And then I went up there with that mindset. But I just thought the lesson was so valuable. And by the end of the course, we all had to do a final presentation. 
And for some reason, when it was my turn, I went up with my laptop like everyone else did. And Mr. Hankey closed it. He said, you can't use your laptop. And I said, whoa, you just let everyone else use their laptop. I don't care what everyone else did. The power just went out. This happens in the professional world. Maybe the power goes out when it's your turn. But you still have to come up there and deliver. I said, Mr. Hankey, everything that I prepared is based off of this laptop. Well, you don't have the laptop anymore and the job is on the line. You're going to quit? You're going to walk away? And at that time, I'm a young knucklehead. Everything in me wanted to walk away. I'm out. If you leave, you get an F. If you try, I can promise you it'd be more. All right. So I did it. Angry. <laughs> Again. Putting my all into it. Because I'm going to show him. He gave me an A+. And I went to him after class. Only time in my life I ever went to a professor after the class. Because I'm be honest, most of the time I didn't care. <laughs> Whatever happened that day, it happened. I was going home. It's kind of how I am. It is what it is. But that day, why me? All these people in this class, you ain't do that to anybody else. Why'd you do that to me? Why me? And he said the same thing to me I think a lot of us need to hear at some point in life. I talked about it last week. Why not you? Why not you? He said to me, you got a gift, Mo. It's obvious. Now, I'm 17, 18 years old at this time. I don't know anything about a gift. A gift to me was a pair of Jordans. I don't know what he's talking about. But he saw something. Because he's like, you go up there and it's so natural. It's easy for you to talk to people. You look like you're at home. And I'm thinking, this man is crazy. Because I am a wreck up there. I'm nervous as hell. I was so nervous and so conscious of my appearance at this time that I would always remember. I would force myself to remember everything that I needed to say because I realized how people looked when they would go up there with a piece of paper and they were nervous. They would shake like crazy. Just be shaking. Paper just rattling. Da -da -da -da. You know, and I didn't like the way that looked. So I used to say to myself, okay, I know I'm going to be that nervous, but I don't want to look like I'm that nervous, so I'm just going to memorize it all. That's what I needed my laptop for. But he forced me to do it without it. And I said, why? And he said, because I knew you could. You're never going to actually reach your potential unless someone forces you to because you're too comfortable. How's it comfortable? Mr. Hanky, I was terrified. He said, yeah, look how you did. You got a gift. And at some point in life, you're going to have to get uncomfortable in order to really maximize that. I had no idea what that meant at that time. Not a clue. But looking back on it, now that I'm doing what I'm doing and I've become a comedian, how crazy is that? And I w there was nothing I was more terrified of than public speaking until Mr. Hankey did what he did. And it just gave me lifelong game, man. Something I carry with me every day. Shout out to Mr. Hankey and all of the professors in life that took time to realize how to truly help somebody to where they'll use it for the rest of their lives. That's amazing. Had to be dope with a name like Mr. Hankey. That's just one of them names. Like, you gotta be fire. <laughs> Have to be. Who's next? Shout out to Ringtones. I was talking to somebody about Ringtones the other day. Y'all remember when Ringtones was dope? I remember my first Ringtone. To this day, it was Dilemma by Nelly. But it was just a little tone. It wasn't even like lyrics. It was just boom, 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 boom. You thought you was fire. You had the new joint? <laughs> These kids will never know about the ringtone days. Some of us was cutting up our own ringtones. Remember? Sometimes you be in the wrong place when your ringtone come on. You ain't really think that through. You be in church. Next thing you know. Don't stop. Pop that pussy. Let me see your doo-doo pram. You stumbling to find your phone the whole time. Oh, my God. Patting yourself everywhere. I know it's in here somewhere. That's the that's the longest time it ever taken in your life to find your damn phone. When pop that go off in church? 
Ew. Everybody done been there at least once, man. If you were from that ringtone era, you was in class, you was at work, you was somewhere where no one was supposed to know that that was your outside bag. They wasn't supposed to know that. They wasn't the time, but your phone went off. You forgot to put it on mute. We used to take risk with them ringtones. That's the voicemail era. Remember the voicemail era? I ain't gonna lie, I was kind of... I was wilding in the voicemail era. I was trying to be sexy. Yo, you know you reach. It's the kid. Leave it. That was... <laughs> that was so nasty. Everybody used to try to put their sexy voice on. Used to play the music in the back. No Yo, you know what time it is. You called me and I'm not available right now, but I promise you I'll get back to you as soon as I can. You know what I mean? Have a good day. Used to put the music up to it, let it rock a little bit. Yeah, I remember that. Some of y'all remember that. It was a nasty era. Who were you? Why did you change your entire swag to try to be sexy on the voicemail? Some of y'all used to play the game. Hello? How you doing? Girl, I'm chilling. Hi, psych. I'm not really here. Some of you, <laughs> I ain't gonna lie, a few people caught me. I used to want to fight you over that one. It just hit me that some of these kids would never really know about the ringtone and voicemail era, man. That was a, that was a thing. Your ringtone had to be popping. You had to make sure your ringtone was better than the next man ringtone when it went off. Sometimes somebody ringtone went off, it was trash. You couldn't wait to get a call. You ready to tell somebody to call you. Yo, hit my phone. Nah, they think they got the flavors in here with the ringtones. Hit me. Watch it go off in here. That's before the aux cord. We had the ringtone. <laughs> Shout out the <to> ringtones. <laughs> ringtones was popping, man. Let's get down to business. You give me the A lot of y'all owe Lauren London an apology. I spoke a few weeks ago about the rumors that Lauren London was pregnant. A lot of people had something to say because of Nipsey Hussle's untimely demise. Rest in peace, Nipsey. And people were feeling like, yo, it's too soon. She can't be with somebody else too soon. Turns out she was filming a movie called Without Remorse with Michael B. Jordan. She's pregnant in the movie. Movie looks great. And y'all are nasty. A lot of people jumping in the comments, oh my God, her and Michael look amazing. Really? Now, now this is what we doing. I ain't seen not one apology. Everybody was mad. I ain't seen nobody say sorry. See, this is the world we live in now. People make all these assumptions. They jump on social media. It takes off. And now the entire world is saying something crazy about you. And there's nothing you can do about it. That's really a thing. They were killing Lauren. And shout out to her for not even responding to the nonsense. Just busy filming the movie. Next to Mr. Lori Harvey, <laughs> minding her business, and she's trending worldwide over y'all talking crazy about something she's doing for a movie. Same thing happened with Chadwick Boseman. How many times is this going to happen before people just shut up? You don't know what's going on with somebody in their life, man. Just stop guessing. Internet is so nasty. Now people talking about, oh my God, she looks so good next to Michael B. I'm scared for Lori. Oh, stop. Yeah, so I love Michael B. Jordan is. Michael ain't going nowhere, man, but shout out to Lauren. It's good to see her back in films, working, getting better. Saw a really nice article come out about Vanessa Bryant. 
Good to see our queens trying to recover, doing the best that they can, being strong. Shout out to y'all. Shout out to all women. Women's history. Yes. The month of celebrating women. We lit. So whoever you are, wherever you are, you're sitting, you're tuned in, shout out to you. Happy Women's History. Real quick, man. I saw the entire sport of golf wear one shirt in solidarity for Tiger Woods. They wore the red shirt, the famous red shirt. And I'm happy for Tiger. I'm happy that he's okay, first and foremost. He's alive. He's okay. I know people have different opinions, mixed emotions, and all that. But it's good to know that the man is alive. But I do think y'all should give him way more credit than y'all do for the fact that he's been great for so long in the same shirt. No one's ever talked about that. It didn't hit me until I saw everybody wearing the shirt. That in reality, there's not a lot of people who have been that great for that long in the same shirt. It's like him and Bart Simpson. That's it. Who else has been amazing 20 plus years in the same shirt? And Bart ain't really got into no trouble. And has not aged a bit. Y'all don't give Bart the credit he deserve either. Give it to him. Tom Brady was out here wilding. Did y'all hear what Tom Brady said? Tom Brady won the Super Bowl and then celebrated. And while he was on a boat full of tequila, he threw the Lombardi trophy to another boat. And he finally came out and did an interview about it. When you get your hands on one of those trophies, there are a lot of really sharp edges on the bottom, you know, yeah. where the stand is. Obviously, the ball is what it is. But and then I found out later that had they had that been an incomplete pass, that would have went down like 80 feet. Oh. Tom, you're my guy. But what exactly did you think was going to happen, fam? What do you mean you didn't know it was going to go 80 feet under? It's 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 water. You're on a boat. You're in the middle of the ocean or something somewhere. What, like, Tom, what'd you, what'd you think? You thought I had a life vest on? You thought the trophy was Michael Phelps or some shit? I don't understand what you thought the trophy was going to do, Tom. How can you be that amazing at playing quarterback? And you don't know what the trophy going to do in the middle of a body of water? That's how you know. That's full proof that no matter how smart you are, a little bit of tequila will stupid your ass right up. You're just another dummy when you're off tequila. <laughs> what the hell is Tom talking about? I didn't realize that if the trophy fell in the middle of the ocean, that I wasn't going to be able to get it back. How in the hell can Tom remember all them damn plays? But he don't know that shit. Man. Must be good to have that type of talent at a sport. I tell you that much. Shout out to you, Tom. <laughs> Last thing I want to address, man. Waka Flocka released a video saying something this week, and I'm glad he said it. And I knew as soon as I heard it, it was it was going to get mixed reviews. You know what? When I do good deeds, I don't never record or take pictures because why would I catch a person at their lowest point in life? And plus... I don't need a, a, a visual of what I did right. I got the experience, the feeling, and that's something you can't take from me. You know what I'm saying? Take from them. That's a real human trait. So to see anybody marketing, they so feeding, them, feeding the homeless or feeding somebody that need help, to me, be corny as I just got to tell you that. I've always felt this way. Like, I never wanted to bash anybody that took the time out to do a good deed or do a good thing. But why record it? Just why? I mean, I feel like a part of doing a good deed is putting yourself in the shoes of the person you're doing a good deed for. 
What would you want? What would you hope somebody would do? That's how I feel. And I grew up in New York City. I see homeless people everywhere. And I've always gave them money. Even when I was broke. And then people would sometimes say, you know half of them be lying. If they lying, they're going to have to deal with that. It got nothing to do with me. I did my part. But I never recorded it. Never felt the need. Still don't. What do you get out of that? I feel like we should stop that. You're going to do a good deed. Do a good deed. Do it from your heart. Nobody has to see that. The universe sees it. God sees it. Why do you need Instagram to see it? It's no different than all this other stuff, I feel like, people doing for the gram. And you should be doing it for your soul. And like I said, a part of it is doing it because you're putting yourself in that person's shoes. And if you were genuinely in that person's shoes, would you want somebody to have a camera in your face? I don't think anybody that's homeless wants to have a camera in their face. I don't think anybody that's less fortunate wants to have a camera in their face. I really wish people would stop doing it. I'm curious as to how y'all feel about it. If you feel different, then reach out to me. We can talk about it. But I just don't see the benefit in everybody knowing. Now, if you want to bring awareness to the situation, there's ways to do that. But that's way different than just, hey, look at me giving money to somebody who's less fortunate. No one needs to see that, fam. That's something you just do. That's for you. That's for you and the person you're giving to. World don't need to be there. Just my opinion. Who's next? You know, I was talking the other day to Jade about dating during the pandemic and how different it is and how different it must be for the people who have to deal with it. And it is crazy. When you think of dating overall and how it's evolved over the years, it's kind of wild. I feel like we come from this place where, you know, you kind of met the person that you felt like you were destined to meet and then y'all figured it out from there. <laughs> you know, you didn't leave. You stuck it out. And somehow we got to this point of where we're in like this microwave era. Just warm it up. If it works for now, cool. We'll figure it out if it doesn't. Everybody is so quick. On to the next. So quick. On to the next. On to the next. On to the next. To the point where people now believe that if you're alone, it's a disease. Oh, we got to find you a man. Yo, we got to get you in these streets. Why do people make it seem like it's such a bad thing to be single? When in reality... The majority of the people that are in relationships want to be single, too. <laughs> and hey, may not always tell you, but I certainly get phone calls that make me realize that that's a true statement. There's nothing wrong with being single. There's nothing wrong with figuring out who you are. But we've gotten away from that because the world will make you believe that if you are not with somebody, you are not worth something. That's never been true. When you're in a relationship, whether you know it or not, you give a lot of yourself. A lot of times for women... You give all of yourself. Because typically a woman is going to give you a lot more. Typically a woman will give up her dreams or her goals or ambitions to support a man. Not all, of course, but some. Most men are not going to do that. So if the relationship doesn't suit you, well, why do we feel like we're forced to be in it? The pandemic has now made that even worse. Because whether we realize it or not, you date who you're around. You date who's in your environment. And for a lot of people, there's no environment. Right? We went from... You meet people naturally till you meet people on online with something as simple as a swipe. You almost choose who you're going to spend some of your time with in life the same way you would choose a car or a sweatsuit <laughs> or anything else. You're swiping. Eh. Eh. Ah, uh, she fine. Eh. Then you look at the stats. All right. I'm going to give this one a try. 
And you order it. <laughs> and you're on a date. Yo, we date the same way we choose sneakers. I'm not sure if it was ever supposed to be that way. But that put people in this microwave era. Try it on work. Try it on work. Try it on work. Throwing it up, hoping for something good. And you go from that to, okay, everybody has to slow down. Everybody has to relax. Now, I don't know when the next time you're going to be outside. So, so many people feel like, I got to make this one work. What else I'm going to do? Why would you ever do that? That's not worth it. The game is certainly different, but I'm not sure that the players are. But we're trying to play this game a different way, and it don't always work like that. So I say that to say, if you're single, man, enjoy it. Whatever phase I was in in life, I always enjoyed it. Single, enjoyed it. Relationship, enjoyed it. Because at the end of the day, in a way, most people who are in a relationship, man, they'd take 10 minutes of being single again. And most people who are single, they'd take 10 minutes of being in a relationship or more. However, at the end of the day, it's all the same. Appreciate where you are because the grass ain't always greener on the other side. It's green when you water it. Laugh of the week. <laughs> I laughed at something that wasn't funny, which is what I do often. But I couldn't help it because my uncle called me this week and he's like, yo, nephew, what you doing? You got a minute? I said, yeah, I got a minute, uncle. What's up? He said, yo, I just wanted to fill you in on what's going on with the family. I said, well, of course, hit me. And he said, I don't know if you know, man, but yo, the family blowing up. You ain't the only one going viral around here. Your cousin went viral, too. I said, word? That's fire. What's he doing? He said, well, shooting at the police. Whoa. Wait a minute. When you say shooting at the police, what you mean? And he's like, nah, man, you know, he was in the streets and he's doing this and dude pulled up. He did what he had to do. It's going viral, though. It's on YouTube. Everybody's talking about it. It's crazy, man. Look. I said, um, what, what? That's not good news, man. That's not like what? Why you say that like the family's doing something good? I don't. He's like, nah, I ain't say that. I'm just saying that you ain't the only one going viral. I said, what we're not going to do is compare his viral to mine. We're not going to do that. I'm busting my ass for 30-something years trying to go viral off something positive, and you just talking about, yo, look at the family blowing up? That's, what are you, <laughs> not, no. He said, I'm just saying, man, it's on YouTube, and he ain't know it was the police. It's not like he did it on purpose. I, come on, man, that don't make it no better. What you mean? His viral, my viral, not the same. Man, why is he doing this? He talking about, it's all right, though. He going to get bailed. No, he's not. Ain't shooting at no police, man. Got to be crazy. That ain't it. Praying for my cousin, though, man. That's a horrible situation to be in. I'm sad it went that way. But his viral certainly ain't mine. You know what I'm saying? Who's next? Moment of the week. I realized this this week when I heard somebody say, I give people the same energy they give me. It hit me. Because I used to be that person. That was me. I was so excited to give you the same energy you gave me, good, bad, or indifferent. And in that moment, I felt like, man, I really appreciate growth. Because I'm not mad at that mindset. I get it. At the same time, though, at some point, at some point in life, you got to ask yourself the very same question I asked myself at the beginning of this podcast. Is this worth me going to jail? Sometimes it's not worth giving somebody the same energy they give you. In fact, most of the time, it's not worth it, especially when that energy is negative. With all the negativity I get on a daily basis, imagine I spent my energy trying to give it back. What energy would I have left? What exactly would that do for me? There's nothing in that.
You're going to spend a whole day spewing negativity at people who spewing negativity at you. And at the end of that day, you should sit down and ask yourself what you really accomplished. Nothing. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Half of those people you gave that energy back to don't even care. They weren't going to hear your message in the beginning. They were too busy giving you the negative energy that they had. There's nothing there. And I really used to be this person. And when this person said it, I was like, damn, I'm glad I don't see life that way anymore. You got to get to a point where you got to, like, ignore the noise. You have to ignore it. You have to focus on the goal. You imagine if an athlete stopped, if before every snap Tom Brady stopped to look at the crowd and address him, if before LeBron was to come down and give somebody buckets, he stopped, looked at the crowd and addressed him. He did that once and it was worldwide news. You know why? Because he didn't usually do it. He's focused on the goal. Giving somebody the same energy is not the energy. <laughs> Never has been. I'm focused on the goal. And it hit me when I heard Chad Johnson, also known as Chad Ochocinco, talk about losing his mom. And shout out to Chad. He and I had a Twitter beef back in the day. Because <laughs> we went at each other. And for a while, I was like, I don't like that guy. When I see him, I'm going to give him the business. But you get older, you grow, and you evolve. And that's the point of all of this. Because he said something about dealing with losing his mom that I thought was profound. I like life in general. Because each day is fucking different. But what I learned through the ups and downs that not only I've been through, all of us sitting here and the people that are going to see this, is finding that happy medium and that balance to get that motherfucking pendulum to keep it from swinging and try to get that just like this every single day. And not allowing outside thing to deter that joy. Yeah. And I somewhat want to say I've mastered that because when you see me, you see me tweeting or you see me in public, it's I love you. I'm hugging people. I'm always smiling. That's it. That's key. I care what someone else says or thinks. Focus on the goal. Somebody told me one day, you can't go down to address somebody without going down. <laughs> you got to go down there. For what? Nah, I'm good. I'm going to be kind to you. If you don't take that and you throw back shade at me, you go behind my back and you do all that you do, that's fine. That's fine. You're just thinking about me anyway. But that's nothing to do with how I'm going to live my life. Nothing. Man, those people get so much further in life. The ones who don't try to keep it real or keep the same energy. I know that's going to ruffle some feathers. I know some people going to be like, nah, that's me. I'm giving it to you. All right. Do what you do. But my uncle said something to me one day that was so profound. I was young and I said, Unc, you going to just let dude talk to your wife like that? He said, fam, my wife got the mouth of hell. And I can't fight everybody. <laughs> I love her, but I can't fight everybody. And it's like at the time, I was like, nah, fight the world. You're going to die. <laughs> he knew what it was. Can't fight everybody, man. Thinking that you can? You're going to waste a lot of time and you're probably going to get hurt. But don't take it from me. Who's next? Reflective moment of the week. I was talking to somebody about this one day. And I don't really think they was feeling me. But then I was talking to my grandmother about it, and she was like, I agree. So I'll bring it to the table, and y'all can do with it what you will. 
But I personally think that the term I'm sorry is overrated. I think we put too much in it. I'm sorry is literally just two words. Not much different than any other two words. It's words. I'm sorry doesn't really mean that the person is sorry. (laughs) I've never felt that way. I feel like sorry, a genuine apology, is an action. It's a behavior. More specifically, it's changed behavior. Sorry takes time, most of the time. It's not something that just happens in an instant. Yo, I'm sorry. How many times people say that just to get out the moment? Just because they're uncomfortable? That starts when you're a kid. I remember kids used to get in fights, and they used to make the two kids get in the same t-shirt and walk around. And you had to do that just so you can get out that damn t-shirt and go back to class. But most of the time, you still wanted to whoop dude ass. (laughs) You weren't sorry. You just say it. That's why so many people say, I'm sorry that you feel that way. Oh, oh, no, you're not sorry at all. Be sorry for what you did. Accountability. But I used to always feel like I don't even want you to say I'm sorry. Just show me. I'd rather you show me. Ladies, I know y'all go through it. Girl, you done said he's sorry 15 times when did the same thing. I be hearing it. <laughs> can't, can't be sorry 15 times. But so many people put emphasis in those words. Those words mean nothing. Behavior means everything. Action means everything. It's nice to say it. I'm sure for some of you it's nice to hear it. But at the end of the day, I truly believe that an apology is a behavior. A change behavior. Not a word. Who's next? Quote of the week comes from this quote that I put on my Instagram story today. I saw it. And it messed me up because I believe it to be so true. But it's the picture of a funeral. And it says, family will come miles to bury you, but won't cross a street to come support you. And it hit me because damn, that's true. And why is that true? Most people will not support you until the world does. And I hate that. I hate that it's like that. I used to always feel that way. I used to have friends and family that wouldn't come to my shows. Wouldn't listen to my music and they would say, why didn't you tell me you had a show? Why didn't you send me a ticket? Why do I have to do that? Well, I want you to personally tell me. But Beyonce's never personally told you to come to a concert. That never stopped you. People will go out of their way. Friends, family will pay hundreds of dollars to go see Beyonce. But you got a little $10 show and they'd be like, yo, you could give me a free ticket? Wow. Because certainly Beyonce needs the money more than I do. (laughs) Why are people like this? Think about it. If you're that person, ask yourself that question. Why doesn't any of the celebrities you support have to call your phone and tell you they have a show, but your friends do? Support your friends the same way you support these celebs. The celebs don't care if you're alive. (laughs) They don't even know you're alive. Your friends do. But you go out your way for the person that don't know you, but won't do it for your friend. I've never been that person. I don't understand people who are this way, but I've dealt with it so much. A lot of those same people would, that wouldn't come to my shows. I couldn't pay them to come to a show. Are now begging for a ticket. Why? Because the shows are sold out and it's hard to get one? You had the opportunity to be by my side when no one knew who I was. Now you, you show up. Yo, you killing it. I got to come check you. Nah. I was killing it back then. But you didn't care until someone else told you you should. You didn't care until you realized someone else cared. Don't be that friend. Don't be that family member. 
Support your friends. Support your family. More than you support the person that doesn't even care. That doesn't need it. It's not aware of your struggle. Pretty sure you're not going to call Jay-Z when you want to move. Pretty sure you can't call Rihanna when you're going through it and need a drink. Highly doubt you're going to watch the All-Star game with Drake this weekend. Some of y'all go out your way. Dig deep in your pockets to support somebody who wouldn't support you. (laughs) Now, if your friend is trash, that's different. (laughs) If your friend sucks, just don't want to hear the music, well, tell them that. But you can still buy a ticket and not go. They get paid the same. But to be the person that's so willing to go out of your way for a non-celeb, for someone you don't know, but you wouldn't be willing to put in that same effort and that same work for somebody that's by your side. Well, I think you have to ask yourself why. And that's spoken for everyone out there who's still creating and still trying to figure it out and need the support. Ask your friends that question. Ask your family that question. Me, I'm fine. But utilize that. Until next time, as always, I appreciate you sharing this moment with me. Next week, bitches. You know what's really nasty? I promise you there's going to come a time now when someone who has listened to my podcast is in a situation and they don't like something I did, and I'm going to be like, yo, I get it, I'm sorry. And they're going to be like, fuck you, you said that don't mean nothing. If you got it, it ain't a question. Oh, it ain't no one for guessing. So more than emotionally invested. Showing you all my imperfections. Oh, if I let you, don't take me for granted. Yeah. If I'm worth more than you could manage. Manage, yeah. Open with me, oh, we could be honest. Closer to me, oh, giving me silence. Promise that you won't let me I'm putting pressure You'll only cut me if I let you No, what you're doing is just for